Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. Today um, is not, I, as I talk to Ashley, I'm like, this is not my normal kind of message, okay? I try not to do topical at all, okay? But um, today we're going to talk about faith, um, and you've heard me say some of this before, um, but it's just where the Lord has really had me talking to me about uh, the fact that we walk by faith and not by sight, okay? We walk by faith and not by sight. Um, And so if I had to uh, give the title a a semi-subtitle, the sermon would be, do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Okay. Uh, just a reminder, it's going to be better for both of us if when you hear something that you agree with, you say, amen, brother. <laughs> Preach it, reverend. Come on now. No pastor, no pastor. Yeah, let's go, Jamal. That's what I want to hear, Rolston. Thank you. Okay. Um, some months ago, the Lord had been talking to me. Um, Right. Uh, one time I led worship, and again, I was like running all over the place, um, and people were highly distracted. Help us today, Lord. Okay. And, um, and the Lord spoke to me in that place. And he said, Jamal, be careful because some people come for a show and some people come for a word. Some people are only here for the show. Some people will only come back to the Macy side for the show. They're not coming for a word, okay? And Jesus says that it's a wicked and perverse generation that's looking for a sign. Let me dot, 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 when they already have a word. Okay, so 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 many of us are still waiting and looking for the sign, but we've got a word in our ear already. And we walk by faith and not by sight. We see the disciples over and over and over again being challenged in their hearing. They're seeing what's going on and responding to what they have seen instead of responding to the word that they've already received. Okay, and, and Jesus continues to come back to them and say, Oh, ye of little faith, why are you doubting? You already have a word. I know what you see in front of you, but do not allow that to dictate where you go. The word is what drives us forward, friends. Oftentimes, what you see is pulling you back. Now, we live in a world, uh, if you have your Bibles, let's open a Genesis. And we're going to go uh, to chapter 3. Uh, we are going to bounce around to just a couple of different places. I'm telling you, this is not normal for me, I swear. I, I wrestled with the Lord like, God, you can't just give me one scripture that does it all? You can't do that? No. Apparently, we cannot do that. And he says to me, Jamal, do you hear what I hear? <laughs> All right, are you going to say what you hear me say, or are you going to say what you want to say? So here we are. All right, we live in a world, friends, where we are always and constantly contending with the concept that seeing 
is believing. Okay, my managers always used to tell me, and I hate this phrase, that perception is reality. Hmm. Right, because then you're basing what you do on what people are seeing. You change who you are based on what people are seeing, based on what they're looking at, right? And so if, if I lived by what people saw, I would stop running around so much. In Jesus' name, every praise is to her. I would just stand still, just like in my little box that they got up here for me. <laughs> Nobody puts me in a box, on it. Okay. But we are constantly contending with the f- fact that the world wants us to believe that seeing is believing. But we're living in a kingdom where hearing is believing. Okay, that's, that's the kingdom, and I always have the hard job. I feel like, I, I, I'll repeat this, I have kind of a lawyer brain, and so I build cases, and I'm like, okay, how can you poke holes through this, right? And, uh, and so I feel like I'm always coming against what somebody believes, <laughs> so just walk with me, walk with me. Hopefully, we're going to round this thing out in the end, okay? The enemy is constantly trying to get us belie- to believe our eyes. And the Lord says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay. And, and so the reality is, um, I'm sorry, Pastor Will, he, he got on me last time because I waited so long to get into the scripture. I'm coming to the scripture, I swear. We're going to use it. We're going to use it, but I got to build a state. I got to build a solid case for you first, okay? All right. <laughs> okay, now re- I got your back. Reality, the reality is that, again, we live in a world where most of our perception comes through our eyes, okay? Most of what comes into us comes through our eyes, probably 70, 80% comes through the eye gate, the enemy knows this. Furthermore, uh, I, I won't do math. Let's do science. Uh, furthermore, light travels faster than sound. Hmm. And so it takes a disciplined church to back up from what you see and wait for the sound to get to your ears, right? It takes discipline because in the American culture, we lean into the first bit of information we can get. We'll jump on top of that thing and be defending it on top of a mountain, which is really a valley. Thinking that we're on a soapbox because of what we've seen, and the Lord keeps trying to get us to the place to have faith, hearing, and not sight. And uh, so Pastor Zach last week uh, did some animal things. We're in science class, ladies and gentlemen. I know this is music class, but this is science class, okay? Uh, And I kind of got leaned both ways, right? Because my grandmother, I'm I'm brought back to her. It's not recording this service, so I might drop this out next service. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I can hear her in my head say, do... As I say, not 
as I do. Wish I had somebody in here. Anybody heard that before? Okay. I see those hands. Hallelujah. All right. And I always used to get so upset because I'm like, whoa, 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 Monkey see. Yes, Pastor Kurt, monkey do. Right? And that is actually a real life thing. For those who cannot communicate, the monkeys, the way that they learn when they're little babies, they watch what their parents eat because some stuff will kill you. And so I watch what my parent eats and I eat the red stuff and not the blue stuff because the blue stuff will kill me and the red stuff, my parents are fine. So I eat that. How they respond to conflict. The monkey is watching their parent respond in a place of conflict and they're learning what to do as they watch their parent. And so I've always been challenged on do as I say that's not real life. And then I heard the Holy Spirit, he always checks me, good night, say, but Jamal, I want you to do as I say, and not as they do. Because if they jumped off a bridge, you jump into? <laughs> I hear my grandmother saying, dummy, if they jump, are you going to jump too? Okay. And I have to pull myself back because I, I've pushed so far away from that statement, and then I hear him, no, Jamal, do as I say, not what you see them doing. Yes, they are still alive for eating the right berry, but they're not on the right road. You're still alive because you watched what they did, and that worked for you for a time, but that's why some of you respond in anger immediately because that's been the thing that has worked for you for so long because monkey saw their father do it, so monkey did it, and it's actually been somewhat effective when you step into the world, but you live in a kingdom where love is patient and love is kind, right? And if you don't believe that, then you'll respond the way that you've seen the monkeys do. Come higher, friends. Step out of that animalistic mindset, right? But then he brings me to the other side. And he says, Jamal, there's a part that I do want you to be like, okay? If you have a pet, my friends, a cat or a dog, mostly cats and dogs, right? Uh, maybe some other animals. But if you have an animal um, and some sound comes and your animal, mm, mm. Jesus' name, excuse us. That's an inside thing, excuse us, excuse us. Okay. Um, they're in heaven, okay? They're in a better place. All right. Um, so on, <laughs> on this side, you're looking over here, and your animals are looking over there. You're wrong. Every single time. Often, as a matter of fact, you're responding to the echo of something, and they're responding to the sound. They allow what they hear, faith, to build what they see. Come on, church. They allow what they hear to direct what they're looking at. And some sight gets built out of what they initially heard, and they lean into that direction. My friends, that is faith. 
allowing what you hear to turn your ear towards a certain direction that leads your eye into a certain direction. So as I really considered this, um, I thought about the 175, 6, 7, Frank, 177 kids, 6, 77, okay, that we have, that I have sitting in this room every week. And uh, this past couple weeks, as I've been preparing for this, um, I, I, I say this to your kids all the time, feel free to use it. They'll think I'm crazy because I came home with them somehow. Jamal, Mr. Wheeler got into my house. Um, Right, but I say to them, all sound is vibration, okay? All sound. That's why you have to ask the question, when the tree falls in the woods, you know that it makes a vibration, even though nobody's here to see, see it or hear it. You know that it makes a vibration, so it must make a noise because vibration is noise. Okay, all right? Science, sorry, okay? And I'm telling the kindergartners and first graders this, all right? But you have got to graduate from a place where it's, the vibration is just hitting your ears and it's actually coming into your mind, into your soul, right? Because we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so you've gotta be able to allow the listening to happen. It cannot just be vibration hitting your ears. It's gotta come down to a deeper level. And one of my deepest desires for them, friends, and for us is that we learn to listen well. When I first got here, it was like Pastor Zach said that every darn week, we know you can hear God. He wants to speak to you. We don't have a, mark, a corner on the market up on this stage of who hears God and who does not. If you're not, get a little closer, friends, because he's talking Come on, if you're not hearing him, come close. Don't let that push you away. Come closer so that you can hear the voice. Genesis chapter 3, here we are. Pastor Will, you good? All right, all right. We're going to start in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, from the tree of the trees, excuse me, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here's the verse I want to focus in on for just a minute. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and desirable, excuse me, and that it was a delight to her eyes and that it was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. In this story, there's something that just jacks up my soul about how Eve responds to the enemy. It says 
that she saw that it was good for food and that it's a delight to her eyes. And in the moment of seeing that, there's something in her that forgets what was said. Now, I, I found this interesting, and I said this to my wife, this probably is not for everybody in the room, um, but I found it interesting that the Lord says one thing, don't touch the tree, but don't touch didn't mean that he hid it from them. He told them where it was. You can't get away from that. He told them, it's in the middle, don't touch that one. As he's saying that, of course, I'm looking in the middle. Wait, where? Huh? Hold on a minute. <laughs> this is me and Pastor Zach, apparently. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to check and see. I just want to see where it's at so I make sure that I stay away from it. I just want to see it. And the closer she gets to that, the further away she gets from the source of the voice that's been whispering to her. And she's slowly creeping away. Pastor Zach preached a message uh, in the Seven Letter Rampage, and he talked about being close to the source. Otherwise, you get lukewarm. My friends, if you're not hearing God, get a little closer. <laughs> Maybe you're walking in the wrong direction towards what you see and not towards what he said. Because the further away you get from that source, the harder it is to remember what he said and the harder it is to hear what he's about to say. Please do not fall into the plight of Eve as she allows her eyes to dictate her sight. Let your faith build your sight. Okay. The enemy knows. Is that me? Am I doing that? Is that my fault? I'm trying to hold up. Sorry. Uh, the enemy knows that our eyes have a tendency to draw us away from the Sabbath condition. That's actually where he's trying to get us back to, right? Uh, we say the Garden of Eden, right, is where he's trying to get us back to, which is, to me, you know, correct, it's okay. But the Sabbath condition, like living in a place of Sabbath, like where Sabbath has no end, like heaven, that's actually the condition he wants us to be living in, in a Sabbath condition, okay? And I think that that's part of why the Sabbath is so important for us friends, is because it draws you back to the source. Every Sunday you walk in here ought not be another beautiful concert. It is, maybe, for some people, but that's not what it should be in your heart as, as your faith is built. It ought to be driving you back to the source so that I can last here and next hear what he will say. Yeah, okay. And so... Uh, Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go. On our way there, we would have to pass uh, the psalm that says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. 
And um, I think Pastor John was talking about that last Sunday. I think it was last Sunday. And he said something about it, and immediately the Lord, it's like the Lord uh, pulled me into something. Have you ever thought about the fact that his word is light? What he says, have you ever thought, like that's kind of a trippy concept, right? When you get it, really get it into your brain. What he says is light for my path. It's not what he points at. It's not what he shows me, right? And so just like Abraham, he says, get up and I'll show you where you're going. But Abraham had to take the first step of hearing in order to get where he was supposed to see. And even in seeing, the Lord says, I'll tell you when you get there. I'm going to tell you this is the one. So it's still not based on your sight, friends. It's based on him telling you this is it. Okay? Some of you are following the yellow brick road because that's all you can see. And your relief was 25 miles ago because you just keep walking on the yellow brick road. He tore the curtain 2,000 years ago so that no one could stand behind there until you pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. He tore that veil 2,000 years ago so that you don't have to go there specifically to hear his voice, that you could live right where you are and hear the voice of the Father and walk by faith and not by the yellow brick road. Hallelujah. All right. Y'all okay? Everybody's good? Everybody's all right? No, it's everybody all right? Y'all good back there? Y'all are good back there? <laughs> Would you say this with me? His word is a light. His voice is sight. His voice is what we see. That's it. If you get nothing else today, get that. So, Hebrews chapter 11. Just about done. Can you believe it? Also, as we're on our way, trying to, um, again, I, I don't believe that everything that I'm saying is for everybody in the room. Uh, as a matter of fact, the, the Lord already challenged me in that, okay? I, I'm always um, pushing. I, I, I beg the Lord, as a matter of fact, when I'm preaching, God, I want to be able to speak to uh, the person who's been a Christian for 60, 70 years and the person who just walked in who knows nothing. God, would you give me that level of range and how I teach that, that you walk away with something, but it doesn't mean that everything is for you. Okay, so take the parts that are for you uh, and let somebody else get them other parts that they like. Some people like the gizzards. Good night. <laughs> I got one amen right here. Everybody else say, ugh. <laughs> As we're on our way to Hebrews and we <laughs> And we, I won't tell you what's the gizzards and what's not. And we pass through Ephesians. Uh, he, he calls my attention to the, the weapon of faith, which is a shield. And what I found, church, is that most people are using their faith to get over instead of to come under. 
okay? Most people, okay, most people want to get faith to be an overcomer and not to come under, all right? So let's walk it out. Let's walk it out, okay? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, you've all heard this before, um, but let me just challenge a couple of your thought processes, okay? Now, faith is the assurance, if we're in the uh, NASB, or the substance, some of you would say, of the things hoped for, the conviction or evidence of things not seen. For by it, men of old gained approval. Okay, we're going to stop there, and we'll read just that next verse in a minute, okay? Uh, number one, uh, I, I want to talk about that word assurance for just a second. Faith is substance, right? Uh, and that word is hypostasis in the Greek. It's hypostasis. So we've heard hypothermia, right? So that's that. And hypo meaning under. I do this with my kids in eighth grade because we talk about hypocrites, hypocrite, okay? And that, and that word originally was because they wore, a, it was an actor and they wore a huge mask. And so they were under the mask, okay? And, but they still had to, even though it wasn't them, they still had to act the part to be believable. So they were acting a part here and take off the mask and be somebody else. All right. So hypo means under. And stasis, we think about homeostasis, right? It's like a, a state of being, okay? Um, and so this word is such an interesting place for me because, uh, again, when I think about stasis, it's about a stance, right? Uh, even when we go back to um, the armor of God, having done all to stand, you stand, okay? And so it's about sometimes what stance you are taking. And again, a lot of people are trying to take the over stance. My faith puts me higher so that I can stand over something. But if faith is hearing, my friends, sometimes you have got to stand under that thing and let it change you in order for it to actually be faith. Okay, so again, if we take substance, I, this is just kind of what my brain does with words. I think of like sub-zero, meaning un, under zero. Of course, I think of Mortal Kombat, but we're not going to talk about him. <laughs> yes, finish him. All right, but I think of the, the actual terminology, meaning under zero. So when I think of substance, I think of what is the stance that you're taking when you're under what you've heard. So many of us think of something being substantial as foundation, as I can stand on it. But actually, in my world, I don't know that something is substantial until I've picked it up. It's the weight. If somebody picks you up and says you're substantial, (laughs) it's oftentimes when it's picked up or submitted to, that you understand that something actually has substance. It's where we get into so much trouble with our leaders, right? And that's the beauty of greenhouses because our leaders sometimes want to stand so far back that you never actually find out what is their substance. 
You never get to touch it. It's never weighted in your hand. All right, and the other side of substance that I just want to hit real quick, and I was talking to Ethan. Ethan's a chef. Um, and so we were talking about eating something that is substantial. That in the morning, you could give your kids an entire box of Lucky Charms. And they've eaten a lot, but not a lot of substance. You could give them two eggs instead of the entire box. And what they've submitted to is actually more substantial, even though in your mind it's less. Subtract and multiply. Okay. Okay. And so if your faith is going to be substance, you have then got to get underneath what it is that was said and not allow what you see to determine how you walk. If you use your faith only to get over and not under, you're skipping leg day. <laughs> leg day. It, it, if you don't pick it up and put it on your shoulders and see what it's made of and figure out the substance, you might have a real nice upper body. Help us today, Jesus. But your legs look like you've been on some drugs, okay? Because <laughs> you have not submitted to the word. Faith allows what is grounded in heaven to be held up on earth. If you're writing things down, get this. Faith allows what is grounded in heaven to be held up on earth. So then we see that not only is it assurance, um, but it's also evidence. And the Lord always does, again, he always does this to me. I feel like you must have the substance before you present it as evidence. So many people are trying to pre present their faith, faith as evidential before it has become substantial. When you present evidence in court, my friends, that is not substantiated, it gets tossed out. Do not allow your faith to be tossed out because it has been evidence. You're trying to present it in court. You're trying to use your testimony in something. That's presenting it in court. That's evidence, a testimony. But you're using the Lord's name in vain because you have not taken on the weight of the word that he is trying to lay on top of you. You have not, it has not been tested and tried in court. And it's thrown out as insubstantial. 
because your faith has got to be substantial before it becomes evidence in the court. I've found, unfortunately, friends, that most of the time in the American church, we only have enough faith to die. We haven't quite gotten under the thing in order to live and live more abundantly. Okay, so many of us, our, our faith is the most strong it will ever be when we're laying on our deathbed. Help us, Holy Spirit. So in Hebrews 11.3, let's read that next verse. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. From the very first miracle, friends, we literally must respond by coming under when he said, let there be. If you do not come under those words, the rest of your faith will be rickety. It won't be a strong foundation because you have got to believe that he said, let there be in the beginning for you to get all the way to Jesus. And so this is why what you say, your testimony, means so much, friends. This is why we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, because your testimony, and this is actually why giving a false testimony in court, the Bible does not take very well to, because your testimony becomes somebody's faith. When they hear the word come out of your mouth, and it can get inside of their ear, they start to walk different. Oh, I was going that way, but I don't think I want to do that anymore. That's our, our goal when Pastor Zach preaches. He wants somebody to hear his testimony, our testimonies, and begin to walk a different way and not just following the yellow brick road. Many people's faith has caused them to have an overstanding, but they never get understanding because they have not stood under. My friends, your faith ought to cause you to be more than an overcomer, absolutely. But if you're more than an overcomer without an understanding, it seems to be antithetical to what we think, right? Because faith, we think, oh, there has to be something we don't understand in order for it to be faith. And that's true. But after you've walked through it and it becomes evidence, you're an understander to become an overcomer. 
your understanding ought to drive you towards overcoming. And that's why your faith does some kind of exhalation, right? It ex excels um, when, when you're on your way towards death. But friends, that's when your faith ought to come low. You don't need faith in heaven. <laughs> what do you need faith for? You're standing there and your faith has become, just like the animals, sight. I love that. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it's well with my soul. Allow your understanding to drive you to overcoming. That's actually how he sets it up, my friends. If you are walking by faith and not by what you see, you'll see, uh, after a while, you'll know that there are legions of angels and armies that he commands. After a while, you know that there is no provision that he has not made ready for you. Doesn't look like how I feel, but even when I don't see it, he's working. Doesn't look like what I wanted to, but even when I don't feel it, he's working. Okay, just making sure we're still here, okay? Because <laughs> he never stops working. Would you stand with me? And I pray that your life is transformed. I pray that your faith is transformed. I pray that if you've only been allowing faith to impact how you overcome, that you would decide to stand underneath the word. I want to juxtapose Eve with Jesus. The enemy comes to Jesus, shows him a stone, and wants to entice his sight, his imagination. And Jesus said, yeah, but I have faith. I heard man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He comes back to him and brings him on top of the temple. He says, throw yourself down. There's something about sight there because if he said, Jamal, throw yourself down. Thank you, I'll take it all. Thank you, thank you. There's something that he's showing Jesus to intimidate his faith. Hear me, friends. Sometimes the enemy is showing you something to intimidate your faith. But if you have an understanding, you can be an overcomer. He then brings him and shows him, shows him. Jesus says, oh no, I've got faith. 
Today, I believe that the Lord is building our faith. And not just your hearing, church, you're listening. Not just that you're hearing and feeling the good vibrations. See, that's the trick with music, is that it actually hits two senses. If you're standing close and you don't feel that boom, you're okay. I do that to the kids all the time. That's all right. That's okay. Okay? You ought to feel it. Okay? There's something about feeling it that's like, ooh. When you turn the music up in the car and you get the uh, little goosebumps and chills. But don't let the hearing and the feeling, let the listening dictate what you see. I don't have a great altar call this morning. (laughs) But if you feel like your faith needs to be built or is being built, or, or you're saying, Lord, help my unbelief. I just can't. I want to pray with you. That's all I got. All I got is a little seed of faith that I'm hoping that I can plant in your garden and somebody else will come water it. And the Lord will allow a little sun on it. And it will grow to magnificent places. Friends, if you could just get it the size of a mustard seed. It can be one of the biggest trees you ever did see. Go ahead. Hallelujah. So if that's you, come on down. We're going to pray with you. Friends, I pray that the Lord would bless you and that he would keep you, that he would make his face to shine upon you, that the Lord would be gracious to you and turn his face towards you, and that he would give you peace. Let your faith be built today in Jesus name. This is Pastor Zach and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys. God bless you and have the best day of your life.